Welcome to America's Horse on America's Trail with the Mustang Discovery Ride. I'm your host, Julianne Neal. With a goal of 5,000 miles, 5,000 Mustangs, the Mustang Discovery Ride team hopes to bring attention to adoption into appropriate homes for these living legends. Enjoy the ride. In this episode of the podcast, we'll catch up with Lisanne and the team on the trail in Kansas as they head toward Colorado. We'll hear about their adventures with the Color Guard at Fort Riley, the Correctional Facility in Hutchinson, and the Mustangs at Savati Ranch, one of only four public pastures for free-range Mustangs. We'll meet the new support driver, Katrina, and we'll hear from David Glossberg, guest filmmaker, about some of his innovative filming techniques. And last but not least, we'll hear about the three newest members of the herd. Stay tuned. So welcome, folks. I hadn't seen David on the podcast before, so this is a treat. This is going to be a fun call. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yeah. So, Lisanne, we always have you introduce guests. So would you introduce your guest today? Yeah. So with me today, I have David Glassberg, who is the filmmaker of Mustang Saviors. And uh, he has kindly dedicated and donated a lot of his time to filming this project that we're on currently and continues to do so. So, yeah, I mean, he's been there through a lot of everything, including some of the worst times on the trip. In the last podcast, we heard about what happened to Caillou and David was right alongside of that. So, um, yeah, it's been I'm sure he has more to say about his wild ride uh, being here with the Mustangs. Definitely. Discovery adventure has been an adventure. Exactly. Well, I was going to say, because we did talk about you last time, David, so I'm glad you're here to speak for yourself today. But one of the questions that was up when we posted the, the podcast, a couple of people were asking, how's his back? How's he doing? So let's, well, let's before we go into anything else, update us, David, if you would, from your point of view, that as was to a- what this has all been like and how you're doing. Oh, what's it been like and how am I doing? Let's answer my back. It was a almost two months ago, probably six weeks that that happened. So through some focused massaging and working out knots that were in my back, I healed from that. Last week, we got the privilege to ride with the commanding general's mounted color guard where I got to fall off my horse twice that day on a new area. So that part (laughs) I've been working out. Other than that, this trip has been uh, a a positive adventure that to get to be around wild horses and film them and the people that gravitate towards them has been a privilege to be among that type of person and people that know these horses are so special. So for me to have come away from the city life that I am habituated to living in which I'm, because it's a habit, how we live. So I have been in an urban area now, almost my life with now this, uh, this remote rural living and passing through these towns has been a great adventure. I've had to dial back uh, maybe my pace a little bit. Um, but again, being around the horses, I think, is a good positive benefit for me being here documenting a, a big undertaking to share that these horses need adopting as a big deal, that 
the intention that I'm seeing is is to help these horses get out of adoption into love or getting adopted adopted out of holding into loving homes. So that is neat to participate in that narrative and watch it uh, connect to people and connect people. And we're in a place right now where we're being hosted very graciously by somebody that through the network of Lysander or family and not a horse person, just a very good individual that sees value in this enterprise and is, uh, has, has supported this trip to Hutchinson, Kansas, which has been eye-opening, seeing a prison program and seeing uh, some of the follow-up of interviews we've done that got us here. And then to meet a few of the people that were involved in the Hutchinson prison program in the past and in the present. So uh, in a long uh, answer, my back's better. I'm doing great. I'm learning a lot on storytelling uh, through filmmaking and to be on a project nonstop is a new thing for me. I'm used to, you go for X amount of days, your call time is at this time, you wrap, you get a 10 hour turnaround time and you go back to work. When you're on location like this on a documentary, there is no schedule. There is no shooting time. There's nothing that you have uh, to make you decide the shots you're shooting. It just is on instinct. So I've been pushing the limit on where and how much I shoot, which we're learning a balance too. So it's a challenge that I am looking to give the best story through my medium, which is moving picture that um, I'm honored to be part of it and having a blast. You know, from seeing your film a long time ago and seeing the progression of where you've been able to take it and to know, like you said, you've been in a different type of filmmaking. And so to be able to do this, I can't thank you enough. I know the rest, everybody can't thank you enough for what you're doing for this part of it. So we're so glad that you're there. So I'm happy that's amazing. I available and, and be of service. Yeah, amazing. Well, and so I want to go back to a couple of days ago. I mean, y'all have had, everybody else had 4th of July holiday, but you guys started, you know, celebrating and, and doing some exciting things even before the 4th. So I was really excited to see all of the Fort Riley stuff. So Lisanne, take us back because you had been part of riding your Mustangs and color guard back in Wyoming. And so you had had that experience before. How was it the same? How was it different? Tell us, walk us through that day and how things went. Yeah. So back home, I, you know, I was just kind of pulled together really randomly. There's this guy named Michael Edison and I, he was the head of the American Legion there, uh, the American Legion post there in Pinedale. And so uh, he really wanted to put a cavalry unit together, but, you know, in some ways we've, there are cowboys out there, but a lot of those cowboys aren't veterans anymore. And I was like, how do we unite the veterans with the horses? And, you know, he knew that I was really attached to the horse side of things uh, and the veteran side of things, because I've been a part of the American Legion Auxiliary for a lot of years. And so dealing a lot with veterans along the way. So we're on. Okay. Yeah, it's being recorded right now. No. <laughs> Sorry. We can say hey. <laughs> yeah, if Katrina wants to move into this deal. Yeah. No, hey no. Katrina. No, no, no. Jump on the podcast. We already talked about you feeding the hallway here. Welcome. Welcome. Hello. Sorry, hey, I thought it was just right. a Zoom meeting. And okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's let's time out. We're Thank gonna you. come back to your to your Fort Riley story, but tell yeah, us, introduce okay. us to your other new guests because we want to meet Katrina officially. 
Yeah. So in the last podcast, uh, Katrina was also part of the story of the day that Caillou got bit by the snake. Uh, very first, she was originally introduced as Blondie in that. <laughs> um, but beyond that, her name is Katrina and she's been a lifesaver to the team in a lot of different ways. Um, and so, yeah, she joined. She's also weirdly, strangely enough, from Chicago, like David. They actually live like a mile away from each other. I didn't know that I'd be on this trip with a couple of Chicagoans uh, along the way. Who knew? Life works funny in funny ways. But um, yeah, so she has her master's and we're going to start using her more for her resources there. She didn't have any knowledge of horses prior to this, really. And so, yeah, she's just dove onto the project. And, you know, the number one thing for the team really is adaptability and flexibility. And we can get into like just what all that's meant just even today in the last couple hours on what this means for the trip. So yeah, she's been an awesome team member in that regard. So this is Katrina and I can't pronounce her last name. <laughs> no, it's just, it's Polish. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to say welcome, <laughs> Katrina. I'm happy, so happy to meet you. And I have to say to you too, the, the support driver part of this is the crucial link. And so for thank you from all of us for what you're doing with that, because without it, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how Lisanne would have gotten as far as she has if she hadn't had such great people helping mm-hmm. and supporting all the way, all the way back with Juanita in, in Delaware and, and Claudia, everybody in between. So thank you. Thank you for joining in. And we're going to come back to you. So I want to hear some more from you in a little bit, but let's go back to the Fort Riley part and the color guard and tell me again, Lisanne, how that, how that all went. Yeah. So it was really cool back home. I had started working with Mustangs and uh, veterans back home already, uh, including loaning three of my Mustangs to the color guard to be used. And so, I mean, this idea of veterans and Mustangs, like, I mean, that's, that's American heritage right there. And like, we wouldn't be here without uh, so many sacrifices from so many people and so many horses in this country uh, to make this all possible. And so what they're doing right now at Fort Riley with the commanding general mounted color guard is just absolutely incredible, incredible because they're keeping that history alive uh, with a modern day cavalry unit. And they're showcasing what these horses are capable of. And also, you know, they're trying to demo what these horses may have had to go through in a war scenarios where they're jumping over, you know, all sorts of things, whether that could have been like trees and logs along the way, or even like to dead bodies. And, you know, like I got to hold a sword while I was there and uh, they showed me like essentially like how you would stab someone and then rotate it. So you wouldn't break your wrist and you could like ditch the body as you're going. And so like, that was an interesting technique that, uh, you know, there's all sorts of things that you learn on the trail that you never thought you'd need. Uh, hopefully I don't need that, but later in the deal, but, um, it was just really amazing because, uh, we ended up riding with them another day and they brought out all of their Mustangs and there were nine Mustangs, uh, that are a part of the color guard that they've gotten from various programs across the country. And to see those horses being showcased by those guys was just incredible. I mean, the horsemanship was bar none. I mean, I've done a little bit of drill team. I've done a little bit of mounted shooting. I've done some hunter jumper stuff, but to do it all at the same time, all at once was like really cool to see and what those horses are capable of. So yeah, I really loved my experience there and it's actually built into something else that I'm really excited for too. I mean, uh, I'll be writing a Facebook post later today. So by the time this comes out, you know, it might be a little bit old news, but uh, yeah, you know, this week has really developed 
into something crazy because like we went to the color garden and then like the next day we're at Swati ranch was, which is a long-term holding facility. And, um, while we were there, like there was a horse that just kept capturing my eye. I was like, man, if I, if there was any horse, I'd pull out of the curls. It's that one. And then, you know, I decided this, this whole mission is about adopting horses and getting horses adopted. And even though I probably already have 10 or 11, uh, <laughs> Mustangs or BLM animals, you know, I decided to maybe put my money a little bit more where my mouth is and adopt another one, uh, that I work on training to, uh, training and doing like some training videos where I can help educate like how people can adopt a Mustang. And then once they adopt this wild horse, what do they do with it? And so uh, utilizing that. And then when I'm done filming that training series with this horse, uh, he's actually going to be donated back to the command commanding general amount of color guard. So uh, in honor of them, I, you know, he's headed to Fort Riley. We decided to call him Riley. So I'm really excited for what that future holds with him and Swati Ranch and everything like that. And so Swati Ranch is now uh, kind of in charge of caretaking him until I'm done with this ride. So uh, that's something that'll come together next spring. But it's just really cool to kind of be uniting everything along the way as we go. That is so fantastic. I, I was speaking with Susan De Silva, who will be filming uh, some of your Colorado stuff. And she was asking those same questions because she's never been around Mustangs and she's understanding the goals of the ride and that sort of thing. And she said, where can people go to see training? Where can people go to see what the procedures are to, you know, adopt the horses and, and all that stuff? Just for the, the folks who don't know anything at all about how that all works this, this will be a great resource. So that must be Jim walking by. Is that Jim? Yeah, the guy that's walking through the background there, that's uh, Jim Davis. He's hosting us here in Kansas. He's actually a friend of a friend of my dad's is how that works. You know, we ended up here um, back to, you know, I've mentioned multiple times that this trip has been really entirely faith restoring in humanity. And Jim has just been the prime example of that. And so when, yeah, whenever he's done with whatever he's got going on, uh, we'll have to introduce him because I mean, he's been a lifesaver at this like pivotal point in our trip right now here in Hutchinson, Kansas. Yeah, actually, I was going to ask about that and how long y'all have been with him longer than you would normally stay because of the heat and the, I mean, it's terrible, right? Aren't you going through a lot of, of holds because it's so hot and you can't ride every day? Yeah. I mean, it's not safe for the team. Like any of us, you know, heat exhaustion is a real thing. And this is the first time that I've ever seen my horses sweat so much standing still that you can see the salt on top of their hair. I mean, it's just sweating right through them. They're getting a lot of extra salt. They're getting a lot of electrolytes every day um, just to combat just standing in the heat, let alone like moving. And uh, there's another guy that's riding right now and he's across America. He's in West Virginia and he's up in the mountains a little bit more where it's a little bit cooler and he's riding at night, but for where we're at here, it's just not safe to ride at night in the darkness, you know, let alone the heat. And so, yeah, we've kind of been really at a standstill here currently. Um, unfortunately, you know, we've been trailering since Missouri. It's been a logistical nightmare having all of our stuff, uh, that's usually in the back of the trailer, like all of the grain and med supplies and all of that kind of stuff it's all the way back in Topeka, Kansas. And so we got to get all of our, well, I like to phrase it, poop in a group, essentially, uh, all back together again. So, yeah. Uh, well, that's part of the fun, right? The fun? Yeah. Uh, that logistical nightmare of fun. 
Yeah. 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 But in, in the midst of all that, then you did the, the Safari ranch, you did the 4th of July parade. So David, I want to hear about filming the parade. So I have a skateboard that I pulled out and I had a handheld gimbal and I, I did various shots, some movements, some standing still, but I'm on my skateboard. Maybe that's what you mean. Yeah, I, definitely. Because I know that I would like tumble and fall and the, the cameras would be flying everywhere if I was trying it's that. Like a, it's cool. like a dolly grip without tracks or a dolly. So <laughs> you're moving tracking shots without the personnel or equipment. Yeah. So independent filmmaking is, you know, it's fun. We do what we uh, have to, right? We yeah. have fun using your stuff. So that's yeah, one of my techniques, I guess. One of your go-to. The bicycle and... So, but yeah, skateboarding in the parade seems to work very well and you get to weave and see and through and you get to go to the front of the parade and get the whole parade coming back and then get the feature of what we're doing. So I hope the footage turns out well and uh, it's enjoyable to watch. Oh, I know it will be. I know it will. So Katrina, are you getting to ride while he's doing that? Are you on one of the Mustangs? Um, no, I actually had the honor of scooping up the poo after all the horses. <laughs> um, luckily, someone let me ride in their truck. So I was in a truck with someone and we would just stop and pick up the poo and then jump back in, follow the horses. And it was a nice view just seeing the back. <laughs> well, I know that. Then, but she was in air conditioning. Yeah. Like, don't let her make it out to be like a yeah. the There's uh, definitely something to be said for that. She got and the dancers are the the dancers or the band members or whoever are marching along behind y'all are probably really happy that you did that. <laughs> oh we, yeah. We picked up the tail end of the parade, fortunately oh, for good. those people. And then <laughs> she got a lot of, you know, cheers and applaud from the crowd. A lot of it was when too. she was doing her <laughs> duty. So no, that she got some recognition. Right. So, but but then another thing that I've heard about that parade was that David, you were able to hook up some of the folks from Mustang Saviors to ride Along no, with, no, or was that another parade? Different? That was a different parade. So the Memorial Day parade, uh, Katrina was not poop scooping. <laughs> One of the veterans ended up poop scooping while Katrina carried a flag. That was the Memorial Day parade. This gotcha. parade, yeah, I had two people, not veterans for the 4th of July, but I had two people that we had previously stayed with from Royal Payne Stables, uh, McKenzie and Thomas Payne. They drove all the way from Missouri to join us for the parade that day. So um, yeah, all of the Mustangs were occupied that day, uh, unfortunately for Katrina. And and in the parade rules on this Fourth of July parade, like you had, if you had horses, you had to have someone behind you with a poop bucket. And yeah, that just landed on her this time. So, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we've been doing quite a few parades now along the way. This that was my third parade of the deal. So that's great. And to involve the veterans too, though, I think that was really special for, for the Memorial Day Parade anyway, because the veterans piece is such an important part of all of this. And they had a really a- wonderful time being part of the Mustang Discovery Ride. It enthused them both to come down. They have a story about they were visiting a grave of a, of a soldier they knew and another family was approaching the same grave and under conversation, those people were absolutely looking for Mustangs for something. So the invisible energy is pulling people together, but they were really happy to be part of that memorial they prayed and, and were really enthusiastic about, about supporting the sand. Yeah. And honestly, something that just transpired today too, is uh, there's actually a veteran Mustang program happening in my home state of Wyoming that I didn't know about. And they reached out last night and they wanted to help out in any way that they could. And so 
uh, part of like Riley's training, uh, the first groundwork part of that, that'll all take place at the Swati Ranch. And then once he's ready to get started under saddle, um, I'll actually move there to uh, the eastern side of Wyoming. Not as much as my favorite as my home side of western Wyoming, but uh, I'll actually live on the JM place. Uh, their operation remount uh, for six weeks as three veterans go through their their Mustang program where they're taking completely wild Mustangs and they they live on the property. Everything's provided for free for them. And uh, I'll kind of get to work alongside of them a little bit and see how that program works and, you know, just take more of that energy and carry that forward from, from there. So I'm really excited for that filming to take place too. You know, showing the way that it can be done and it should be done in a way where there needs to be more of these programs. Like there's already a lot of programs happening and we need to bring light to them, but we also need to get more programs going along the way too. So showing how, and, you know, kind of having those blueprints, that's, that's really helpful for people uh, to see just how to get, get started with them and those off of the ground. So I'm really excited to keep igniting those across the country. Well, I think it's a good time to ask you this, Lisanne, because you mentioned it to me earlier and I know you started with that goal of 5,000 miles, 5,000 Mustangs. I think it's grown from that. So tell me what your thought is. Yeah. So Definitely started this trip with a lot of different goals and ideas. And um, there's this book, it's called 10X by Grant Cardone. And it talks about, you know, like taking your one goal and multiplying it by 10. And like now, you know, if you only come maybe part of like, let's say you want to make $100,000, you know, people want to break that six figure mark. But like, what if you imagine making a million dollars? Even if you came short of at that at 35% of the way to your goal, that's still you know, $350,000, which is like way more. And so, you know, I realized like in a way thinking about only 5,000 miles or 5,000 Mustangs is really small, small minded. And there's so many more horses out there that need homes, you know, more than 50,000 horses out there need good and loving homes that are standing stagnant in these holding corrals. And so what I want to do long-term is eliminate the holding corrals essentially. And uh, I foresee that the roundups will still have to happen for the foreseeable future. And with that being said, like, I want those horses to have good, loving and educated homes to go into coming off of the range. And so part of that is having these programs to go into. Um, the biggest thing that I've seen is there is a high demand for trained horses that are trail horses. And like, no one cares if they have a brand on the side of their neck and if they're a Mustang. Um, but not everyone can take something from completely wild and turn it into a mild horse. And so uh, my focus is definitely on that gap between the two of wild to mild and focusing on how do we build these programs along the way where these horses come off of the range and they have a place to go. But in those programs, it's not just helping the horses get out of holding, but it's helping the humans along the way of that training. So whether that's students, whether that's prisoners, right now we're in Hutchinson, we just toured the prison program. Um, whether that's prisoners or whether that's veterans along the way and doing these veteran programs. And so it, it, it's just win, 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 win situations and setting up those dominoes uh, to be knocked down and like, like eliminate the problem, but also help a lot of other problems along the way be addressed. Tune in next time for the second half of our conversation with Lisanne and the team in Kansas. If you'd like to know more about the ride, please visit www.mustangdiscovery.com. 
If you'd like to support the upcoming documentary or docu-series, please visit jamediaconnections.com. We really do appreciate your support.